1: you can drink beer with start your engine
2: it's the nick d podcast all right all right all right hello it's the nick d podcast i'm nick digilio this is the radio misfits podcast network my thanks to everybody at radio misfits hey by the way check out all of the great podcasts at RadioMisfits.com and rate and review us on every platform give us some feedback we want to hear from you Leave a voicemail message 24-7, any time, any day, any you want, 773-417-6948. Drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, uh, with any comments or anything you would like to uh, leave for us. You can also be a sponsor or advertise with us. You can contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com, sales at radiomisfits.com, if you would like to uh, be a sponsor or advertise with us Jason Skaggs does all the music and the themes and the sounds. He's going to be with us live, by the way, at the live uh, Nick D podcast, Tuesday, November 15th, Zany's in Rosemont, 7.30 p.m. My dad's going to be there to tell jokes. We've got special surprise guests, all kinds of really cool stuff. It'll be interactive. You need to go, so get your tickets now. Let's pack the place. Call the box office at 847-813-0484. Get your tickets now. It's going to be amazing. The Nick D Podcast live, Tuesday, November 15th, 730, Zanies and Rosemont. Check out rosemont.zanies.com. One night only, so pack the place, and our special surprise guest is going to blow you away. It's going to be an amazing night. So 847-813-0484. Call the box office. Check us out online. Zanies and Rosemont, Tuesday, November 15th, the Nick D Podcast live. Coming up in just a couple of seconds, Eric Childress, Steve Procopi from the Film Critic World. They're going to join me. We're going to talk about the 58th annual Chicago International Film Festival, the best and the worst of that fest. Esmeralda Leon for the final uh, edition of the month-long Halloween Spooktacular. We've got some scary stuff we're going to be talking about and more. And, of course... Hi, I'm
1: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby.
2: She always makes appearances. It's going to be fun uh, here on the podcast, episode number 83. Uh, and, uh, well, let's get started, shall we? Uh, Eric and Steve will join me after I say congratulations.
0: Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal.
2: hear that and that means it's time to talk movies that's the generic cbs movie of the week from the 70s theme mm-hmm. that pretty much describes my guests to a t i don't know what the hell that means i have no <laughs> idea what that means eric childress and steve prokopi join me to talk uh, movies every uh, couple of weeks here and we love to talk about movies uh, not a lot of stuff this weekend on halloween weekend uh, there's a horror movie called pray for the devil and uh, and uh, george romero is spinning in his grave like he's in a lathe uh, because they're showing Dawn of the Dead in 3D this weekend. Uh, so that, uh, that should be, and of course I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that should be interesting. Um, it's, it's being shown in 3D, which it was never meant to be, and it's going to be showing at malls. So the irony is not lost, I believe, on the ghost of George Romero right now um, uh, about that. But anyway, uh, nothing really new came out, but we are going to talk about the Chicago International Film Festival. Let me first introduce my guys, Eric Childress, Steve Prokopi. Eric, uh, how are you? I'm doing fine, Nick. Good. And here is uh, Steve Procopi. Steve, how are you, buddy?
0: Hey, good, good. Good,
2: good, good. All right. Uh, Eric, tell everybody where they can hear your stuff and read your stuff and see your stuff and all that stuff.
3: Yes, I have a couple of podcasts, two podcasts on the Now Play Network, uh, the Movie Madness podcast that uh, Steve Procopi is a regular guest on, uh, and also the Friendship Dilemma with Morgan Geyer, where we look for uh, positive representations of male and female friendships in the movies. And we have a new episode coming up very shortly on Clerks 2. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: So the Rosario Dawson. Correct.
3: Uh Dante. Dante. hmm uh,
2: Why am I blanking on the actor's name? <laughs> I can't really blank on his name. Brian O'Halloran. Yes, there you go. Uh all right. All right, that's interesting. Uh okay, cool. That should be fun. Steve, uh, tell everybody where they can see your stuff and all that.
0: uh, th- uh thirdcoastreview.com for the written reviews, uh, movie madness podcast for the oral reviews, and then uh you know, the music box lounge for all other things. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right, right. It was, uh, it
2: was, it was fun. Uh, last Friday was fun in the music box lounge with uh, crazy ass Udo Kerr. That was, uh... yes.
0: yes, he was, he was a, he was there for three days technically. Yeah. I mean, he showed up right when he arrived at the theater. He came, I think, I think he ended up coming walking into the theater three different times on the actual day of the marathon yeah. of the box of horrors marathon, and then he. As he was leaving at like six in the morning, the next day he popped in and said hello to the people that were still awake. He's a lovely uh, man. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's,
2: a, he's a lovely man. I only got to talk with him for about 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. And uh, I know you went to dinner with him. Uh, dinner, but yeah. I, I, my, fa- <laughs> my favorite thing uh, that Ryan, who was the, the, the GM over at the Music Box, told me mm-hmm. that when he first walked into the Music Box lounge, the first thing that Udo Kerr said as he looked around and saw all the framed posters and stuff was... Where is the Suspiria poster? And I was like, "God damn right, man! I've been saying that now for years." Where, where, where's the Suspiria poster? The he did say was, that. He so, was talking about the remake, though, right? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. I think he was—you know—he's not in the remake. He's in the original. So, right. Uh, I would hope that he was talking about that. And badly, it's not his voice. It's the worst dubbing ever, but it's fantastic. But anyway. Uh, But no, that was a goddamn delight was, uh, was Udo Kerr. That was a surprise. I didn't expect to, you know, and then I end up seeing a, 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 right after that, you know, like you guys go to dinner and I went to watch the wonder with uh, Mm -hmm. Florence Pugh, which was not the most uplifting movie um, that you'll ever see. I just watched that myself. Was essentially about the, you know, the Irish famine as seen through the eyes of the UK of, of a person from the UK symbolically. And it's a, I think it's a really good film, but man, <laughs> and that's an ongoing theme that I think we're going to be discussing because we're talking about the Chicago International Film Festival, which just concluded a few days ago. It was 12 days uh, at several locations here in Chicago, 58th annual, and, uh, and I thought it was great. I saw 30 movies in those uh, 12-ish, 11, 12-ish days, um, and for the most part, most of them were good, and as I mentioned to you guys, especially to Steve, because I saw, I saw Steve a lot. Eric, I didn't see you as much. <laughs> At the no. festival, but I, I saw Steve a lot. In the past couple of weeks, I've seen Steve almost yeah. every goddamn day. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, like I said to you, and I think you kind of agree with me, uh, the, the majority of the movies that I have on my list of 30 that I've seen were fucking depressing. Like it was the most. Oh, yeah. It was like one of the most depressing film festivals ever. And I don't mean that they were bad movies, because for the most part, they were good. The majority of the movies that I've seen were actually very good to good. Um, but man, some of them were like, God damn, kill me. <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I do an annual interview with the artistic director, Mimi Pluche every year. And yeah. she always makes jokes about how that's sort of the reputation of the festival. And she always tries to emphasize, oh, look, we're playing this comedy. I'm like, yeah, but it's from Iceland. So it's dark as hell. Like, right. it's not right. even the comedies are sort of dark. Like, yeah. you know, Raymond and Ray or, you know, Banshees have these. They're funny. Yeah. but they are yeah. these really dark angles to them. Yeah. That so yeah, they can't they can't really escape their reputation. And you know what? That's fine. Let's no, get it's it fine. Out of the,
3: yeah, <laughs> let's get it's, it all out not, of the
0: way.
2: <laughs> it's just an observation. Like I remember I saw like three in a row and after the third movie I walked out. I'm like, I want to fucking kill myself. What is <laughs> 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 I,
0: just, I mean, yeah. they mean
2: and they were good movies, but my mm-hmm. God, man. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Uh so anyway. Um so we each had sort of a different experience. Uh and and uh, now so so uh, Eric, you didn't go to as many of the the screenings or the festival as we did, but Correct. you did because you go to other film festivals, Toronto, and you went to what, what was the other one that you went to this year? You went to Sundance.
3: Uh, I didn't go to Sundance. Sundance I did at home virtually, as uh, okay. Steve did as well. Uh, Toronto mm-hmm. was the was the first film festival I actually traveled to. since right. Sundance in 2020, so that was sort of a big deal. But as far but I'm doing a whole bunch of virtual festivals and stuff like that so even like some of the smaller films uh, around uh the peripherals of the chicago film festival i've right. seen okay
2: yeah. all right and and steve you like me spent a, a good time of your life in those 12 days at either the oh, music yeah. box or the river east um or the museum or siskel <clears throat> center
0: where yeah, uh, I, I don't um, think i saw it. i don't think i saw any at the siskel um this year but um mm-hmm. yeah i and i did actually i didn't even count count the number of films i've seen before this i think it was around 25 but i also have i still have links for like five or six that yeah. i can i can watch later so yeah i i probably could hit about i can probably hit but, about the same number as you yeah did.
2: but i saw 30 between i didn't watch many virtually because it was like a, yeah it was kind of a pain in the ass and i'd rather watch if i have a choice of seeing a movie in a theater on a big screen as opposed to a laptop i'm going to choose the theater every of course. Time. Of course, um, so I did see between the river east, between the music box and between my home, I saw 30 films. Uh-huh. Um, and for the most part they were for the most part, they were good. I did see some shit, and uh, it's really <laughs> interesting because as you know this reputation that I have, like I love all horror movies and horror movies are great. Um, and I, I especially have that reputation on Cochrane Show when I do Cochrane Show on, on Friday mornings <laughs> on WLS. Uh, Jane, uh, who is his co-host on the show, she seems to think that I only like horror movies, which, of course, is completely <laughs> wrong. Um, and, you know, they, and I have the, I, when I walk in, they're like, oh, horror movies. That's all you're going to talk about is horror movies. And, yes, I have this reputation because it's my favorite genre. But the bottom three movies of the 30 that I saw were horror movies.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> of the three that I saw, they were horror movies. And so I think that that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to actually mention that the next time I'm on Cochrane show. You know, saying, hey, you know, I don't love every horror movie. There are some shitty ones. And in fact, the bottom three movies that I saw uh, for the festival were horror films. Um,
0: Those are the ones that hurt the most. The the ones you're looking forward to the most that disappoint you. Yeah.
2: Well, I wasn't really. I mean, I I was the the only one that I was looking forward to of the three that I didn't like. Like the the bottom three on my list were uh, Sick, A Wounded Fawn, and All Jacked Up and Full of Worms. And All Jacked huh. Up and Full of Worms, by far the worst movie that I saw at the festival. Mm. And I'm really good friends with one of the guys in it, um, who, by the way, uh, I haven't talked to. I've, I dropped him a message <laughs> on, on uh, uh, Facebook. I sent him a, 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 a DM on Facebook. Um, and he, I don't know if he was in the crowd, because the crowd, the screening at the music box was packed with the crew and the director, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and people who were in it, and it was local. It was, it was all local, shot in Chicago, all local, low-budget, mm-hmm. independent, blah, blah, blah. The crew is from Chicago, the cast. One of the guys that's in it is a guy named Rich Katofsky. Rich is a guy that I've been in plays with, that I've I directed him in David Mamet's Lake Boat. I directed him in another mm-hmm. show. Um, I've known Rich. He's the godfather of Storefront Theater. He used to run the Mary Archie Theater on Broadway in Sheridan uh, for years. The godfather of Storefront Theater, one of the greatest local theater actors in the country— Uh, right here in Chicago. He's in the movie, only his name does not appear on the credits at all at the beginning or the end. And I was like, did he just purposely take his name off? What happened? (laughs) And he still hadn't gotten back to me. And I didn't know he was in it because I had read the press and I'd read everything about it. And I knew a couple of other people that had worked on it. But all of a sudden, the first person I see on screen is Rich. And I'm like, oh, Rich is in this? Cool. And then about 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God, Rich, why are you in this? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, his name's not on there because nowhere to be found on the credits. I know, so I don't know. I don't know the story behind that. I don't know, I don't know much about the movie except that it is awful. Yeah. And I, I, I felt bad because it's local, it's Chicago, and I should support low-budget local independent filmmaking in Chicago, and I know a few of the people that worked on it. It was a flaming piece of shit, though. I mean, unbelievably bad.
0: And for those who want to see it, it's, we're playing at the music box for a couple of midnight, <laughs> in a couple of midnight shows very yeah. soon. All Keep right. your eyes uh-huh. open. Keep your eyes open.
2: Uh, Steve, if, if Rich if Rich Katowski shows up in your theater, tell him to call me, will you?
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, Eric, you saw that one, yes? I saw it at one of the festivals. That was Fantastic or Fantasia or something like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No. I saw it at
0: a Fantastic Fest, yeah.
3: That must have been where... Yeah. All right. Yeah.
2: Well, so anyway, the, my bottom three were, were horror movies. So I don't know. Um, uh, all right. Well, Eric, now of, of the stuff that you saw, just give me, throw out some titles that you liked, um, from that were associated with the film festival, Chicago film festival, even though you may have seen them elsewhere.
3: Yeah. And it's really just a handful. And we, I, I talked about a few of these from Toronto. Uh, I mean, just really in no order, but you know, I, you know how much I love w- women talking and uh glass onion, which I had seen there banshees. We talked about, I don't know if we talked about the whale or not, but I, I, I really liked the whale um uh, mm-hmm. this is Aronofsky's the one new film
2: aronofsky came to town for it and um fraser's gonna win the oscar for uh, yeah. most likely mm-hmm.
3: yeah and,
0: uh,
2: uh yeah i still haven't seen that one steve you went to the screening of it did you like it as well yeah
0: oh it, it's it here's the thing it like like a couple other aronofsky films i absolutely loved it but i can't imagine i want to revisit it anytime soon yeah, because yeah, yeah. It, it's a deeply a deeply uncomfortable film to watch. Not not because of anything in the subject matter, although a little bit, but it's more just like it's a lot of heavy breathing, a lot of sweating, a lot of grunting and groaning because this is about basically about a guy who's eating himself to death. And um it's about other things too. It's about family and and sort of rebuilding the ties with, with family. And and Frazier's not the only great Performance in this movie, um, Hong Chow, who plays sort cool. of his nurse that comes visit to visit him, is unbelievably so good. good. So good. So if she doesn't get a supporting a- actress nomination, I'd be shocked. Samantha Morton as his ex-wife is stellar in this, mm-hmm. and and just so fully committed. And then the the actress Sadie Sink, who I think I've only seen, she she's in Stranger Things. Is that it? Yeah, I don't you know.
3: Mm-hmm. But she, she, had the she big was also
0: Right, but she's also wasn't she also in that fear street thing um, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that's where that's where I know her from. She's very good as his daughter, as is a strange daughter, so like the performances across the board are phenomenal, but it's just such a grim well uh, <clears throat> down, I mean you know continuing I mean, with the theme, it is a grim downer yeah, of a movie, well, yeah, but
2: that's Aronofsky, I mean that's I yeah. know I know you know, I know. I, you know but and here, I don't know heres, I, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I saying, love Aronofsky. I love, I love all I do of his too. movies. I think he's great. I do too. And, and, yeah. and I, and I love the kind of shit that he does. And I love yeah. the darkness of it. So what
3: were you going to say? Here? I was going to say, I mean, the thing about the whale is uh, like, that's, I mean, the, because the central relationship or the, you know, between the father and the daughter uh, is not that far removed from what we saw in the wrestler. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of that in there. And it's not, the film is not as good as the wrestler. And I was, you know, I mean, Hong Chao is so good in this movie and Frasier's really lovely in it as well. Uh, but the, the the way that this, where this film eventually builds and the more that I sort of thought about what this film is about as far as treat, just treating people with decency. And that includes the Frasier characters, not just uh, everything directed towards him. The way he has treated people in the past and, you know, made a, a bad impression on them. There's something really important about that, and it builds up to a climax that is undeniably emotional. It right. really kind of sucked me at the end of this thing, and I couldn't stop thinking about it for like the next 24, 48 hours after I yeah. saw it at Toronto. So it's yeah. it's it's a it's a very good film.
2: Okay, all right. Well, that's the whale. When does it come out uh, for everybody to see?
3: Uh, December do we, do we, there, I believe December? Uh, yeah. December December, 9th I don't know if that's going to open Same time here in Chicago But okay. December 9th is when it starts its run all right. Now some of these
2: that we're going to be talking about Will be released They might be released in the next few weeks Some towards the end of the year Some obviously being pushed for uh, awards season And Academy Awards consideration Now you mentioned Samantha Morton um, uh, Samantha Morton is the best part of a movie That I was not I didn't like at all um, that I'm not sure uh, um, what people are going to think of. Um, and it was screened kind of a last-minute uh, thing at the film festival, and that is the the movie She Said, which mm-hmm. uh, I know that you were in the theater, Steve, mm-hmm. uh, that day. And, uh, Eric, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet, no. Okay. Um, I was not crazy about it. Um, I had major issues with it, but... the the samantha morton scene is the it's the best goddamn thing in the movie um and she's the best thing in it so it's nice to see samantha morton you know uh back on screen doing some really cool stuff now steve where do you stand Mm -hmm. on she said
0: uh i thought it was pretty good i thought it was it's basically spotlight but with a different uh type of predator i guess uh well yeah i mean a lot a lot of people are
2: are snarkily referring to it as all the predators men
0: that's that's uh, how they're
2: snarkily and which is i you know besides it being snarky it's a little accurate it's pretty accurate in that yeah. regard.
0: Yeah. Well, all but, the Predators, women, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know I, I liked it's very like there, there's a couple films that I've seen recently that I like just that very straightforward, very like there's not a lot of added drama to, to the proceedings. It's just like, let's follow the reporting. It's not it's it's less about the, the like the, the 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 survivors of Harvey Weinstein. And this is very specifically about him. Um, are, are are sort of part of the story, but the real story is about these two women that that just diligently reported the story, and uh, and it's uh, Carrie Mulligan and <laughs> no, I've forgotten who the other person is. Zoe uh, Kazan and... Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Kazan. Kazan. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and then but we also deal with like the people in their newsroom or supporting them and guiding them. Like Patricia Clarkson, Andre Brower are great in this. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's not a lot of flash to it but that's kind of what i liked about it. yeah,
2: i <clears throat> it didn't work for me. i thought any of the, you know, uh, any time they tried to flesh out the two main characters, it was just um cliched um you know, they gave them the basic, they gave them as a- as simple as, you know, like uh character 101 conflicts, uh, you know, problems that they must resolve or deal with while they're trying to report this. Um, it, 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 ignored some of the facts that were out there that they didn't bother to, uh, to bring up in the movie. Uh, I found it enormously distracting that, uh, somebody imitated, uh, Donald Trump, uh, uh-huh. in the movie and somebody imitated Rose McGowan. And yet Ashley Judd actually shows up, which I found completely oh, yeah. distracting and unnecessary. Um, and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So, so like some of the choices I thought were bad. And I just thought it was like uh, – I, I just was not as – I didn't find it. It should have moved me, and it didn't move me. Um, I, you know, I obviously know the story. It's an important story. I just don't think it's a, it's a film that um, gave its subject matter and, 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 and what it meant and the actual event in, in, in time, uh, the importance that it deserved. I was, I was very underwhelmed by it, very underwhelmed. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, hmm. Well, uh, I I asked you guys to put together now some of the other ones that we uh, saw. I want to mention, I'll just fly through a few titles that I that uh, that I saw that were either really good or surprisingly bad. Um, The the documentary uh, that I wanted to mention, which didn't make my top five, this came at number six on my list, is a really terrific documentary called All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, Steve, you were sitting next to me during uh eric have you seen all the beauty in the blood no i've
3: heard really good things about it though
0: it's
2: it's terrific steve did you like it
0: oh absolutely yeah it's in my top five i'd say yeah yeah
2: Yeah, it's terrific (laughs) um i enjoyed decision to leave um uh, very much which by the way is Mm. playing at the music box Um, starting
0: starting today in the 35 millimeter Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah you should see that um although it's a lot of people who like old boy and uh and some of his other stuff might want to adjust themselves because it's not yeah. as insane, <laughs> no, uh, as that. And Eric, you've seen uh, the Yes, to Leave? yes, that's a good movie. It, it's very solid. Um, I was uh, I, I, I actually liked White Noise. I didn't think that um, anybody could make a movie out of that book, and I don't know, and I still don't know if Noah Baumbach actually did. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, <laughs> and it has the greatest closing uh, uh, credit sequence
0: ever, ever. Um, so, uh, Steve, were you there that night? I didn't see, did, did I... Uh, no, no, no. I was, um, no, where was I? I was at, I was at a show that night,
2: so I oh. did not get to see it. Okay. No. All right. Well, um, I, I don't know. Uh, people are going to hate it. People are going to hate it. Uh, <laughs> Eric, have you seen it? Uh,
3: Wait, which Eric, one was um
2: White Noise, the uh Oh no, no I've not seen White Noise. Noah Baumbach's no. new movie based on the Delillo book. Right. Um okay, it's an unfilmable book and I still think it's unfilmable but for some fucking reason I liked it. Uh <laughs> and I don't know I don't know what to make of it. It's it's insane. Uh I really uh really enjoyed uh the performance um Uh, uh, in uh, Corsage. I I thought the movie was good, but I thought the performance was best. Uh, Vicky uh, Kraps was in it. Kraps, yeah. Um, She's great. I thought the movie was good, but not great. But I think it's worth mentioning. Um, I liked A Compassionate Spy, which is Steve James' new documentary. I just wasn't crazy, and I didn't think the reenactments needed to be in there. Um, It's something he's never really done before, Hmm. and there's extensive use of reenactments in A Compassionate Spy, and that was the one thing the one criticism i have of it other than that it's steve james it's a documentary and it's definitely worth seeing now have you guys seen compassionate
0: spy no. i was there yeah i was Eric. there yeah Eric? I, I, no. I, I...
2: you haven't seen it Mm-mm. okay nope. steve where, where do you stand on it did you like it
0: no i i liked it. it i i don't i think the issues i had with it weren't the reenactments although i'm not typically a fan of reenactments although certain filmmakers certainly use them better than others um I don't think Steve James is one of those people, though. I yeah, it's it they, they it, it does sort of cheapen the whole thing. Although honestly, like he didn't have a lot of footage to work with in this, so I I get why he yeah a lot of a lot of vintage footage I should say like archival yeah. footage. It's it's yeah. a, it's literally about a top secret operation, so there's not a lot of footage right. shockingly. So, right, no, but but uh, you know
2: what? I mean, he had those people. I mean, the reenactments almost exclusively were all with voiceover. You know what right. I mean? So they were all with the actual people telling the story. So why right. are we walking to reenactment when you actually have some of the people who were there telling the story? <clears throat> Which yeah. I found much more compelling than having actors play. Again, like putting Ashley Judd in the movie. I'm like, that's a little distracting. Um, so I, lo- uh, I love
0: that she was in the movie for, for obvious reasons. But like I actually thought... She, it was terrific that they actually got somebody well playing it, playing it, themselves. Yeah. No, I you but, know
2: listen, hey, it, it, as far as like making a statement about what happened and her you know being in the movie yeah. is fantastic. Uh, but get get you know if you if you can't get everybody, don't get like the guy from Saturday Night Live to fucking do an imitation of Trump. I,
0: yeah, you know? I, I'm assuming or, that was or, him. Yes, it sounded yeah, just or,
2: like him. it did, and, and or get a guy yeah. who who from the back looks like Harry Weinstein. You know what I mean? And then suddenly yeah. it's really Ashley Judd that took. I was like, wait. And I understand. Look, it's important that she, may, you know, helped make the movie, and she came out and, and her importance, you know, in what you know happened after yeah. that, and the Me Too, and the me Too movement, all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, d- you know, decry that. Yeah, yeah. Any, any, <laughs> I just don't. I think her part in the movie was completely distracting and unnecessary. Mm. So that's just me. Um, all right, uh, Steve, what was your? What, what were some of your favorites uh, that you saw?
0: Um. I uh, will start with one that actually had a world premiere this year, which is a thing called King of Kings, uh chasing Edward Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh directed actually by his granddaughter, uh Harriet Marin Jones. Um it's about okay, do you remember you remember the 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 film the uh the outfit that, that came out sure, earlier this year? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So the scene, the part toward the end where that those black gangsters come in. Yeah this movie is kinda about that, about those guys. Um they they literally was about like who all this guy Ed, uh, Edward Jones Chicago guy uh ended up becoming perhaps the richest black man in America at at the time by running numbers and he he went up against the italian mob which was called the outfit back then he had this um his numbers game was called policy so he was considered the policy king of chicago and he ran this. He ran this thing and became like a multi-millionaire. And it's it's his story, and it's fascinating because it's a very underknown story even within his own family. So the director interviews all these different family members, but then also people that knew her his grandfather, including Quincy Jones, who grew up with this guy in his life, which is fascinating to hear Quincy Jones talk about like the numbers racket <laughs> and not about music for some reason. But anyway, it, it's it's like he became like a huge political influence, a huge business influence in Chicago, and his rise to power was met not surprisingly with like racism and inequality and and now his history is largely unknown by a lot of people and it was kind of now looking back at the outfit it's kind of cool that it was sort of in a in a peripheral way acknowledged, but then also yeah. this documentary fully embraces it and i i don't know when it's coming out or where it's coming out, but it is a fascinating piece of both Chicago and American history. It's truly, truly satisfying uh, how they cover it from this very personal angle. I really okay. love this movie. And title again, one more time, King of Kings, uh, chasing Edward Jones. This feels like something would open at the Cisco at some point. So okay, cool. Hmm, All
3: yeah. right. Eric, another one you want to throw out that you liked? Yeah. That one that's actually, fest? yeah. One that I saw at Toronto It's actually going to be uh, opening next week on, uh, on Apple T- uh, plus or Apple TV uh, uh, is the film Causeway with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. The story of uh, Jennifer Lawrence was uh, a combat veteran in uh, Afghanistan, if I recall. And uh, she had suffered like a, a brain injury and comes back and has to go through a little bit of rehab. But it's not really a, a, that kind of rehab movie. It's more about the sort of the mental health uh, aspect of her coming back and a mom who isn't, was never quite there for her. Um, and she meets this uh, this uh, mechanic and this guy who owns this uh, uh, mechanic shop played by Brian Terry Henry, uh, who also has some, uh, some grief that he has had to work through in his past. And the two of them form this really interesting friendship. And you have two... I mean, the movie is basically just watching these really two strong actors play off each other in a really strong way. I mean, the, the, the film itself... We've seen stories like this, you know, kind of countless times and whatnot, but the, the, the two of them together, and particularly Henry, who really just kind of pops off the screen and what he's doing and uh, the sort of the, what he's sort of conveying and the things that he's holding within himself uh, until he finally has to, you know, sort of confront it later in the movie, uh, the relationship between the two of them, two really strong actors doing some, some really great work. Uh, so Causeway was a film that I, I really enjoyed in Toronto this year I,
2: I think uh, I, I'm not gonna well Steve I I think you liked it because I did very much oh,
0: um, I, I can't I remember the first thing I said to you after I was like I want Brian Tyree Henry to be my best friend god yeah, damn it after Brian. seeing yeah. that movie it, <laughs> like, it, is, it is I mean it is, it
2: is what you said Eric it's two terrific actors uh just working the hell with each other like doing (laughs) amazing uh, work yeah uh and and when it was over you know you said that Stephen, i was like every movie should be this length because it's like (laughs) it's like it's completely satisfying you get to know these characters you watch them you you see them relate to each other the relationship is fascinating wonderful um what you learn about the characters as they open up to each other and to the audience is beautiful uh it's compelling and it's over in 90 minutes <laughs> and, nah. and, and uh and it's just two great actors just working that you know working great great together. Now Steve, I think you should tell Eric, I don't know if you have cuz you told me you introdu- oh, no, in- interview please uh tell this yeah. to Eric and, and to everybody. Uh because essentially it's two people talking about their lives and what has happened to them in the tragedies. This bomb goes off in this in in a in a in a in a in a vehicle that uh that uh, uh, uh Jennifer Lawrence is in. And Brian Terry Henry is in a car accident and these things are talked about, but they're never seen in the movie. Now, Steve, yeah. <laughs> you talked to the director. Tell me what you yeah. tell everybody what you told me.
0: She's a she's an award winning like, theater director. She's very well known, like Lila Neugebauer is her name. And mm-hmm. so she told me in the script, they 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 wrote out all these flashbacks for both characters for those moments of like their like her in Afghanistan, him in this car wreck. And they shot all of that and then decided that it worked better without it. So they shot all that stuff and they didn't use any of it in this movie. (laughs) And it's nuts. And like, I I still can't believe that they actually filmed it all because it's not a, it's clearly not a big budget film at all. It's also clearly like a pandemic made film. It's just a couple characters and then a couple supporting players. And it's, you know, most of it's outside too. So, um, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe that they, they actually I mean, shot all these flashbacks. It's and... amazing.
2: it's amazing
3: to me. Eric, isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. I mean that no, that's that's pretty amazing. I I I was trying to recall, isn't there like one shot or one moment where they kinda of show Lawrence like in the vehicle bef- like before the thing goes off? I could I I for some reason I have a memory of it. The, like there being like I mean it's very brief. I, yeah. Well I, I don't uh, remember that, but I know that I like, don't either
2: yeah, I just, um, all, okay. all I know is that when I heard that they had filmed all of that and then like watched it and she's like, that's cut it all out. I was like, Not, first of all, that's an incredibly ballsy decision. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, to make. And also it fucking works. Like it totally works. There's oh, no, absolutely. There's no reason for any of, of that stuff to be shown. And I think it's a better uh. movie for it. And, uh, but I, I just, I was telling Steve this after he told me the story. <laughs> I was like, you know, every actor who was in those flashback scenes is pissed. Oh, every yeah. <laughs> si- every yeah. single actor. Well, it's, like, it's like being in a Terrence Malick movie, for God's sake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. So, anyway, that's three uh, huge uh, reviews, positives for uh, Causeway. Terrific stuff mm-hmm. uh, at, on Apple uh, TV. Let me throw one out that I don't think uh, anybody is going to mention. And uh, my second favorite movie that I've seen, Under Banshees, which was my favorite, is uh, a film out of Mexico called um, Hussera, um which mm. is. A fascinating, deeply disturbing... Uh, I mean, I, it was advertised and promoted as a horror movie. It's not a horror movie, I don't think. Uh, there's scary, creepy elements to it. Um, but it's ultimately a nightmare about uh, uh, about you know what women have to go through when they are pregnant and give birth and uh, how that affects them, affects their lives, and affects everyone around them, and about the fears uh, 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 of anxieties and horror of early motherhood. Um, featuring an unbelievable lead performance, and I don't—I don't have the actress's name in front of me, but one of one of my favorite performances of the year, and I should have fucking written her name down.
0: Her name um, is Natalia Salone. Okay, uh, one Natalia of the Natalia Salone, yeah, one of the best
2: performances I've seen all year, and she is the heart and soul of this movie. And Michelle Garza Serviera uh, directed it. It's her first film, her first feature film. Uh, it's scary. It is unbelievably compelling. Beautifully acted by everyone involved, especially the lead, uh, and at times terrifying, <clears throat> deeply disturbing, and says more about the role that women have in the world, and especially in terms of like early motherhood and the anxieties that go along with it, than, than almost any movie I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, I loved it, and I think uh, you know obviously it's, it's creepy and it'll freak you out a little bit, but I found it a really deeply sad movie. Again, another one. Like the ending of this yeah. movie is like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but uh, at, its cent- at its center is one of the best performances of the year and a movie that says more about um, what women go through, especially uh, during a pregnancy. And, you know, the pressures upon given them by the family and given them by, by, you know, their mates and their friends and everything. Um, it's, I think it's an amazing film. So, Husara was my, my second favorite. Uh, and Steve, you've seen it, right?
0: I, yeah, I saw this is another one I saw a Fantastic Fest. This this is my favorite of the After Dark uh, things oh, that they yeah. played this oh, year absolutely, by, absolutely. by a long yep. shot. And oh, yeah. I also like the fact that they it's very culturally specific. Like they use like folklore and like you know and just sort of general religious beliefs and, yeah. and beliefs. Well, in that's the where the title that's that's where the yeah, title yeah. comes from.
2: That's where Huesera comes from.
0: Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, I like that it's it it's it, in addition to the great performances and an interesting story. It's just like very specifically about this culture and um and how it can be used to protect and uh, hurt people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's terrific. It's a terrific movie.
2: Uh, uh, Eric, yep. you haven't seen Husera?
3: No, no, no I've not movie. seen that yet. That's it's
2: terrific. All right. That's, that's, uh, terrific. Um, all right. Um, another real happy movie uh, that I want to mention <laughs> that comes in at number three on my list. Is a movie that ended up winning a major award um, at the festival, um, and uh, that's a film called Close. Oh yeah, uh, which is a beautiful movie, uh, French film, uh, um, uh, f- uh, and it's directed by Lucas uh, Don't. And it's essentially about the friendship between two young kids, twelve, thirteen-year-old boys, who are very, very close, have a very close relationship, um, and uh, you know during the summer. They sleep, you know. They sleep in each other's beds. They hug each other. They hold each other close, and they're very, very close friends. They're the best friends in the world. And then when they go to school, their first year at school, the pressures around them from the kids and the world around them, uh, one of the kids succumbs to the peer pressure and uh, pushes the kid away um, because they were they were you know they were they were called gay and insulting names, and uh, this kid didn't want them to think that they were gay or anything like that. So he pushes this other twelve-year-old kid away. And then um I don't know, have has have, have people said what happens, Steve? Have they been... No, I
0: don't think so. No, okay. I don't well, think then they I won't. Have, I won't no. say it, but something happens. Yeah. something
2: tragic happens and it, the movie is about dealing with um this as a twelve year old kid and uh, and all of the things that happen when you know something may or may not be spurning inside your body. Uh, and something that may or may not be happening within you as a 12 or 13-year-old kid and how that affects you and your family and the tragedy that ensues because of it. It's an astonishing movie, and I was fucking sobbing during this movie, Uh like sobbing. Um, The kids are amazing, uh, and it's beautifully directed. It is a beautiful, beautiful, insightful movie um, that I think says so much about what's happening now in our culture. Uh, more than a lot of movies uh, do. And it's told from a specifically unique point of view of a, like a young 13-year-old boy trying to deal with so much stuff in his life and maybe his burgeoning sexuality. Um, it's a beautiful movie and a beautiful, yeah. astonishing, beautiful, heartbreaking film. Uh, Steve, what did you think?
0: Yeah, this this won the grand jury prize at Cannes this year, just to put it in context. But honestly, the film, I think for me, as much as I liked the first part, once this tragedy happens that's when it really opened up for me because it becomes a movie about guilt and about how a kid has no idea how to deal with that level yeah. of guilt in his yeah, life. Yeah. That's because that's what's like, I couldn't even imagine my 13 year old self yeah. feeling that guilty about anything. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. and so it just, it just completely is transformative at that point. It's unforgettable portrait of like the friendship and identity and independence and then like this heartbreak and healing and it's i should mention it's from this director who did this movie called girl a couple years ago that was not received all that well right um, although i mean it was well liked but uh, there the, but uh there you know it's a it was about a, a trans uh young woman uh and i think a lot of people did not appreciate the film even though from what i hear it's very good it's on netflix still yeah. um but anyway this one will not be as controversial but
3: it is it is it is even more depressing so, it is yes. no but it's a it's a beautiful film uh, it's eric amazing
2: where did you see close eric
3: I, I didn't see close and i thought that was actually going to be coming out uh this year but i guess it's not coming out A twenty four has it it's coming out in 2023 sometime yeah
2: they it, it didn't have uh when, when they showed it at the festival there was no opening date for it and A twenty four just picked it up
0: they had
3: just yeah. picked it up, um, so there's no. Is this but,
0: is this film, from, Eric? Can you see if his friend is this film from Belgium or from France?
2: It's listed um, as Belgium, France, and the Netherlands. Oh, it is. It is both. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I
0: think the kids were supposed to be Belgian, but yeah, it's but Belgium, yeah, it Fr- France, France, yeah. and the
2: Netherlands are the three countries. that yeah, it's, yeah. the origin. Is. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's, it, it's, 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 it's 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 honestly, it's one of the most beautiful films all year. Yeah, yeah for no sure. no question about it. And, I, mm-hmm. and,
2: and because I guess it's not going to be on our list this year, we can already say that one of the best movies of 2023 (laughs) is close
0: so i'm I'm curious if they do still do an awards or is this even is this even the 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 oscar like is this even there i don't i don't know i don't know
2: i my guess is that you know if a24 picked it up and they're not going to release it until 2023 i think they'll probably save it for next year yeah okay uh, for for that kind (laughs) of but (laughs) just keep it keep it in mind the movie's called
3: close and it's close amazing Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, Eric, another one you wanted to jump in here with? You have yeah, well,
3: since we're sort of on the the topic of young people, there's a film that I saw called Falcon Lake. Uh, That's uh, I'm kind of a sucker for movies about young love, and I mean this is about a, it's a French film, uh, English and French, but it's about a 14 year old boy who's on vacation with his family, and he meets this uh, slightly older girl, I think she's 16 in the film, and they form this friendship, and you know, again, the sort of the burgeoning feelings. That uh, he is having, you know, being the age of fourteen, uh, but but it's, it, you know, it's not really uh, like it's not a sexualized film in any way. It's a very very sort of sweet film. It's a it's a great friendship movie, uh, and it was directed by the actress Charlotte LeBon. Bon. Um, hmm. And I don't I don't know if she had done any had done anything prior. This is her debut, but it, but it's a really kind of sweet, beautiful. Uh, little movie that uh, that that I really enjoy. So Falcon Lake okay. is one that I think will make a great uh, addition to close.
2: French Canadian film. There you go. Uh, uh, Steve, did you see Falcon Lake?
3: No. no, no, I didn't. Neither did I.
2: I didn't see that one either. Okay. Uh, Steve, another one you wanted to jump in? Do you have one?
0: Let me. Yeah, let me talk about something that I don't know if either of you saw. Uh, that actually I saw just after the festival, but it was part of the festival. It's called After Sun. Um, from the director Charlotte Wells and it's about this 11 year old girl named Sophie this is a British film uh, and her father uh, Callum who's played by Paul Mescal um, and they're just on a vacation together and there's a lot of but it's it's like I think it's like 20 years ago um, and so it's you know we see them like a lot of it's first person shot uh, with like a video can old video camera um, but not like a not like a found footage thing this is, this is Um, Because we realize at a certain point that what we're watching is actually Sophie 20 years later watching this footage and remembering this kind of last trip that she and her father took. Um, And he is sort of in a hidden way, very sad. The the mother and the father aren't together anymore. And he's really sort of just very depressed about that, but he's trying to put on a brave face for his dad or for his daughter. And it is just, it, it just, Cumulatively, as you sort of start to understand where he's at, um, it becomes a really powerful and heart-wrenching portrait of this relationship. Mm. And, and and she's sort of trying to reconcile the father she knew when she was a kid with, like, something that happened to him later that we're not entirely sure. But it is it is just searingly emotional. Here we are again. It's not another a, one. Yeah. It's, it, although it's, it's mostly like what we see for most of the film is actually pretty fun. It's also kind of a coming of age story for her. It's not, I shouldn't say it's not all shot on the video camera, but a lot of it, a lot of it is, um, especially when we bounce back to, to Sophie uh, 20 years later, but, or bounce forward, I guess, but because um, we, yeah we see her just sort of going off on her own adventures with some other younger people who are at this resort where they are and, um, yeah, it's, it's a real su- surprise. And I believe, I think the music box is actually opening this, uh, in like a month or so. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so yes, uh, absolutely. Check yeah, out. Some- and this is- is this also A24? I can't remember. Yes. I feel like it uh, might mm-hmm. be. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I feel like okay. it is. So, man, A24, crushing it. So,
3: Yeah, okay. Uh, Eric, did you see After Sun? <laughs> no, this is one that I missed at Toronto due to scheduling purposes. But I, mean, I yeah. swear to God, Nick, every single person I heard that I talked to about this movie, literally the, the, the word weeping comes yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah so i'm a yeah. little I'm, I'm kind of almost hesitant to see the movie a little yeah. bit I've been it opens in it. It. uh
2: it opens in three weeks uh from yeah where, from what i gather yeah. okay mm-hmm. cool so that's called After Sun. all right real quick uh i want i just wanted to mention uh my favorite documentary of uh of the festival uh was senior um mm. which is a documentary mm. that robert downey jr put together um and uh it is uh, about his dad uh robert downey jr senior uh, Robert Downey Jr. Senior, Robert Downey Sr. <laughs> uh, the director is Chris Smith, who put the film together. But it was all, all put together by... Uh, and it's this great uh, portrait of Robert Downey Sr., uh, the countercultural maniac that he was, uh, director of the classic counterculture crazy movie Putney Swope and so many other movies. It's about his life. And it's, they started filming this in 2018 and filmed it essentially all the way up until the day he died. Um, and it's a great portrait of him, a great and interesting portrait of their incredibly weird relationship, people who you know, might not know, um, you know. Obviously, we know about the, the battles and the substance abuse issues uh, and the, the horrible things that Robert Downey Jr. went through. And it all kind of stems from the fact that his dad was this like, countercultural guy who started letting his son do drugs when he was like, eight or nine years old and smoking pot when he was a kid. And all that stuff is, is talked about with, you know, between the two of them. And to watch these two uh, talk to each other, icons of different generations, talk to each other. And, and what happens during the—again, another fucking crying movie. Um, <laughs> what happens during the final, like, 15 minutes of the movie is just uh, heartbreaking. So not only is it a great portrait of an artist, but it is an incredible uh, look at the relationship between these two iconic movie figures. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. It's called Senior. Again, this is Netflix. Um, and, uh, oh, okay. Uh, And and it has not been given a date yet, but I think it's early uh, Mm 2023. So I recommend Senior. And then the last one I want to mention is uh, an incredible film out of uh, Spain uh, called The Beasts. Uh, Have either of you guys seen this?
0: No, no, they, they, that was when they said they had a link for it and they ended up not having a link. Well, for it, it so was screened know. at the same time. It was
2: there, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like there were plenty of seats because it was screened at the same time right down the hallway. The whale was being screened. So I was watching right. this. <laughs> um, and it is an extraordinary movie about a, uh, a couple that lives in this rural part of Spain where they grow tomatoes and uh, they're making a small living. But their neighbors are these jagoffs who start to mess with their crop. <laughs> And it's about these, it's about this local community uh, and these ranchers who have this insane conflict with their neighbors, and about uh, how it builds and builds and builds uh, to confrontation and to uh, paranoia to the point where one of the, 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 the husband is carrying around a small video camera in case these maniac brothers who live next door or father, I'm sorry, father and son who live next door. Uh, i 'm sorry, brothers who live next door uh, try to kill him, and so he carries around a video camera and it 's about this it 's about the this, this horrible conflict between these these neighbors um, and the life in this small rural village in Spain. Um, there are extraordinarily long takes. Uh, where Todd Field could learn the thing, or fucking to, uh, by watching it. Um, (laughs) Where that builds up the tension beautifully. There are incredible long takes, beautiful use of the camera, and then it's kind of split in two movies. The first half is kind of told from the husband's point of view, and the second half is told from the wife's point of view, of these people who are being traumatized and uh, bullied by these neighbors. It's an amazing movie. Incredibly intense, beautifully made incredibly well acted. I don't know if it's got a distributor. I don't know if it's going to see the light of day, but it's called The Beasts, uh, an incredibly technically beautifully made film from the way it's shot to the cinematography, to the editing, to the long takes, to the style with which it's shot. It's intense as hell. You're on the edge of your seat for most of the movie. It runs two hours and almost 20 minutes. It feels like it's 15 minutes long. And the fact that it's split between these two extraordinary lead performances from those point of views, is an incredibly, you know, intricate way to structure the movie. I loved this movie. It's called The Beasts out of Spain um, and, and and France, and I'm not really sure if it's going to get released, but I hope it does, and that's called The Beasts. So uh, one more, Steve, did you want to mention?
0: You know, I'll just jump in and reiterate something Eric said uh, from Toronto, which is glass onion is a goddamn delight. Um, (laughs) I I will say it is and it's and it's I think it's even smarter uh, than the the knives out because up to a certain point, I was actually thinking like, oh, my God, Ryan Johnson, the writer, director, is going to let me down here because this is like a kind of a very silly and kind of dopey opening. And then and Eric will know the point I'm talking about. There's a point where a mystery is solved very early on in the film. And you're like, well, wait, what the hell is this movie going to be about? Because we keep thinking it's going to be about this one mystery, but then it's solved almost immediately. You're like, well, wait, where are we going from here? And that's when the movie opens up and it goes from being just sort of silly and funny to just being really smart and so well written. And the story kind of backs up on itself and then... You start to realize what you're actually watching, and it, I can I, I don't want to get specific about any of it, but the cast is top-notch, again. Edward Norton has maybe never been funnier. Uh, Janelle Monet is great in this; Every, everyone's great in it. But like, it's—it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's got a little bit to do with like celebrity-obsessed social media culture, um, it, you know, class structure. Um, there's cameos galore, but sort of built the cameos are there because Edward Norton is like this billionaire and he has privileges in terms of like just because he's filthy rich and has access to people so it's not just like obligatory cameos but then and we learn more about Benoit Blanc, you know, Daniel Gregg's character. I think we learn a little bit more about him that makes him a more interesting character. So I I mean Ryan Johnson's still on a roll, I think. So Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah,
3: it's it's great. And right, Nick, very—I'm sorry, Nick—a very important thing about the glass onion too. There's a flashback scene, and Steve, I hope you know what I'm talking about. Huh. Late in the late in the movie, that shows Edward Norton from a few years ago. The wardrobe choice <laughs> that <laughs> Edward Norton has in that thing is gonna make you sing. Okay. I, I I hope if you're liking the movie, it will. If you're if you're annoyed, you'll be annoyed by it. But yeah. I, 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 just, I I am. You, I am. No, but I have no doubt. I mean, I, I happen to be a massive fan
2: of Ryan Johnson, so okay. I'm, I'm sure that I will love the movie. Ben, it will only
3: I mean. just make your top ten list when cool. you see the wardrobe awesome. choice by Edward Norton. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Well,
2: uh, anyway, overall, I was I, I was thrilled with most of the the, the Chicago International Film Festival. Uh, had a great time on the 12 days in and out that I was Mm -hmm. doing it, going to the press screenings, going to the public screenings, waiting online with people and talking about movies, uh, and then seeing predominantly, you know, mostly for the most part, uh, majority of the movies that I saw of the 30, I liked. So, um, so there you go. Um, and that's what we just wanted to mention now next, next time we speak, what's going to be the, uh. What's going to be the movie that that we're going to be talking about? Uh, Black Panther:
3: Wakanda Forever. Ah, uh, yes, Black Pan- <laughs> uh, that little that
2: little movie, that little low budget. Yeah, thing.
3: yeah. Okay, okay, cool.
2: So we got that to look forward to uh, as well. Uh, Steve, Eric, thank you guys so much mm-hmm. uh, for for thanks. everything, and uh, everybody, check out their podcasts on uh, 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 Now Playing Network and uh, and all the other cool stuff that they're doing. And uh, there you go. All right, Steve, Eric, thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks. There you go. Uh, Steve Procopi, Eric Childress with Movie Reviews, and they'll be back in a couple of weeks. Right now, let's say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. I'm
0: talking about that Esmeralda. Esmeralda
2: Leon.
3: Some
0: Leon.
2: yeah, yeah. that's right,
0: Esmeralda,
2: Esmeralda Leon, uh, whenever you hear that, uh, that great theme by the incredible Jason Skaggs, uh, who, by the way, will be with us live on November 15th, if you want to meet him, he's going to be there performing all of those themes live on stage, <laughs> it's going to be so crazy, uh, on Tuesday, November 15th at Zanies and Rosemont, every time you hear that theme... We know it's time for Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. Hey, uh, you're preparing because you are heading off to Iceland for a big wedding uh, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. Uh, are you excited? you are got
1: to be excited to go to Iceland, right? Yeah, it's going to be my second time going.
2: Yeah. So, what was it like- and then I'm
1: going to get to see more, more of the natural stuff. We didn't get to see any of that really. Cause you were just in uh, Reykjavik. Last time right? you were in Reykjavik. For, yes.
2: um, for the whole time, just briefly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's going to be fun. That's cool, and it's
1: it's a family.
2: It's your it's your it's your boyfriend's family. S- yes, it's his, uh,
1: his brother who's getting married. His
2: brother's getting married. Boy, that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be that'll be fun, man.
1: Yeah, that'll I'm excited to. Uh, I'm excited for the whole
2: thing. What's the weather like late October what have you have you been checking on the weather of what it's gonna be like when you get there October? oh
1: no yeah it's uh so right now it is very it's gonna rain the entire time we're there oh wow uh, or at least be rainy rainy weather and then it's uh mid to low forties well, so they are there they are in pretty much like I guess I wouldn't say winter because I don't think it's snowing yet. Right. And I believe it's going to snow the day we leave or there's a chance that okay. there might be some snow. Okay. No volcanoes so
2: going off because they screwed everything up about I don't 10 think years ago so. with that goddamn volcano. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't, I believe not.
2: Okay. Not well, at the moment. Well, I mean, that's not much different than the weather we've had over the
1: past few weeks. Right. Yeah. It's just going to be like a little, like they're a little bit ahead. Yeah. It sounds yeah. in terms of like their weather mm-hmm. because we haven't, we haven't gotten that kind of like cold, cold, cold yet, but you know we're we're getting there. We're we getting are getting
2: there. there. Yeah, we're we're like our highs now are mid to high fifties at this point, and uh, yeah, yeah. And soon, soon enough, it'll be forties.
1: Oh yeah, soon <laughs> enough, it'll
2: be five <laughs> below. Uh, well, anyway, have a have a wonderful time. I know you're, uh, I know you're very excited about it. So I can't wait until you get back, uh, and, and uh, we won't be able to talk to you till a week from now. Because yeah. Um, the, yeah, you'll be you'll be gone. But uh, also, our next uh, podcast is the for the people because it'll be the first uh, the first Tuesday in November. So our next podcast is uh, Tom and Herb. You would have the day off anyway. But when you come back there next week, I, I, we have to do a full report on, on Iceland. Oh, for sure, the es- for sure, the, the Esma Iceland report, as we'll refer to it. <laughs> I think that's how we we'll refer to it. Absolutely. So, <laughs> um, and uh, and, and and by the way, uh, the Zanies and Rosemont gig is Tuesday, November fifteenth, seven thirty. Box office eight four seven eight one three zero four eight four eight four seven eight one three zero four eight four. Reserve your tickets now. Check out the website at Rosemont.Zanies.com. It's us live November fifteenth, uh, Zanies and Rosemont. Uh, I've been. I, I hear that some people are going to come, so I'm excited about that.
1: Yes, and we're uh, seeing that people are actually buying tickets to come. I, I think look at are, us. People are buying tickets, <laughs> and we're going to have fun. They'll be a part
2: of it, and they could win really cool. Uh, gift cards from Apt Electronics and the Gale Street Inn, the greatest restaurant on the planet, and our surprise guest. Who, if you give this person a dime, they might tell you some stories. Dime stories. Oh, right. Or this person yes. is a patriot,
1: perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
2: and he—he's. Oh God, I gave away the sex. Uh, I didn't even want to do that. I'd want—I wanted that to be a complete mystery. <laughs> uh, this person is a is a delight and fantastic. Uh, so it's going to be great, and I'm very excited about it. And, and the last time we, we... We had a blast the last time we did this at the Flashback uh, convention. It was fantastic to do it. To do oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, so, uh, and of course, this guy will be there.
1: Yeah, man! Oh, yeah! Yeah! Yeah, man! Oh, yeah! Yeah!
2: So that's the crazy... Yeah. <laughs> Jason Skaggs will be there. <laughs> All of the themes that you hear uh, will be performed live and he'll bring my dad up on stage by doing the it's a jokey jokey thing live i'm excited to hear that live i don't i'm very excited to hear what he's going to do with that
1: right well it's going to be you know acoustic right yeah
2: Yeah, i think it's going to be acoustic i'm not sure what he's going to do because jason's nuts he may show up with a whole he may because he's flying in for one night he may just actually fly in with a drum kit i have no idea (laughs) <laughs> on the seat. Next
1: that's to him. he didn't bring clothes. That's no, nope, just a drum kit. That's his carry on. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
2: So it's going to be a great night. Anyway, get your tickets now. Zanies and Rosemont. We want to make this a regular thing. So if you pack the place, it'll be regular and it'll be fun. So Tuesday, November fifteenth, seven thirty at Zanies and Rosemont. Um, all right. Now we've been going through some of the screaming guys. If you remember.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, no. Well, I mean, yes. But we also the the wonderful news from last week.
2: Yeah, we got the 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 real this guy. Ah! Yeah, he's back. Mm -hmm. Glad to
1: be home.
0: He's very happy. Yeah,
2: he he (laughs) sounds happy, doesn't he? Sound happy? Oh yeah, yeah. We want to thank uh, all the people who um, who came out and rescued this guy, Jim in particular, Jim. (laughs) Yeah, he's back. Right, he's he's
1: ecstatic.
2: Very ecstatic. Oh oh. Oh. oh, come on. Guy's crying a little bit. <laughs> I always thought he, he, it sounded like he needed a little more fiber in his diet. You... <laughs> Don't
1: yeah. we all, though? You know? I
2: think so. We
1: can, we can all relate to Screaming Guy. Yeah.
2: I want to hear this friend show up, though. Because I like when his friends just
1: pop in. Where it's a chorus. Yeah. Oh, there they are. <laughs> It sounds like a, um, what is it, the Greek chorus?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very similar.
2: And then they leave him. So anyway, well, we thank, thank <laughs> then you for Then they for go. That. They say then hi. they just leave. They say, hey, everybody, we're leaving. And then we have this. What? Which I think is one of your favorite. Hasn't that one become one I of your just, favorites? Yeah.
1: I mean. <laughs> I
2: what? I'm getting murdered. Yeah. What? Why, like, what? What? I don't know what I can't remember what this one... Okay, that was a regular one. I, this one here I think Ow! is a... Oh yeah, that's the Michael Jackson or oh, the yeah. Prince. Prince
1: stepped on a nail.
2: Ow! Right. And, <laughs> and then... then,
1: you know, my ne- my next favorite is uh the one where this they guy? fall. Ah! This guy. Yes. Yeah, I do enjoy that. My head uh, my head goes down every time as if I'm like, what? It, oh, <laughs> ah! Where <are> they going?
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Well, this is our final uh, episode of the Spooktacular. We made it a month, so um, yeah. So I thought we would, uh, you know. Now I know that we've talked about this, and that you're not the biggest horror movie fan in the world. And we talked about the stuff that really freaks you out last time, like we talked about Mm -hmm. the Cenobites and Hellraiser, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just... The, oh. the Saw movies, that, that the torture kind of stuff you're not into uh, at and all. And you know what?
1: With the Cenobites, mm-hmm. like, the thing that always comes up when I th- when I hear the word Cenobites or Hellraiser or whatever. B- Besides your lunch?
2: Oh, wait a minute.
1: Hold oh, it. See? Okay. No,
2: anyway.
1: it's the... Did you say that your favorite was the guy with the teeth?
2: Yeah, chatter, chatter. Ch- the ch- I don't know. I don't know if his If it's, na- if it's it- I don't know if it's Chatter, Chatterbox. No, Chatterbox is no. That's a nothing. All a right. Different. Well, that's he's a- the
1: one that I always imagine.
2: Oh, really? The guy, like, the guy doing the teeth. Oh.
1: Yeah, not, not, not Pinhead. Don't. No. he, he well, doesn't the, come to mind immediately. Say, it's, it's usually that dude. As we mentioned before,
2: the new Hellraiser, which is terrific if you're a fan of the of the series it's great the the, the reboot of Hellraiser. they now have mm-hmm. pinhead is played by a woman in the new one and she kicks ass but there is a female cenobite and she's and, I, and I've always found the female cenobite to be incredibly sexy <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I do well I have a thing I, I guess I've just realized this over the past like 20 years or so but I, I really have to admit that I've, I'm a goth girl guy man um <laughs> I love
1: my- I am. I just uh, I, yeah, but I love that you throw the Hellraiser Cenobites, in is like goth, kid, oh, goth the, girl. Oh, the, the <laughs> but the but the female the female Cenobite oh, is very goth Lord. girl.
2: She's very goth mm-hmm. girl. The female Cenobite, she is. But I mean, you yeah. know, like 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 for instance, I mean, you know, um, I was I was looking at like the the three three of the movie women female characters that make me kind of crazy. Like I love them so much, and like right at the top of the list is Feruza Balk and The Craft. And that's mm-hmm. as that's as goth as you get.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. No, that one makes sense. Oh yeah.
2: my god! And then like a uh, Trinity in um in The Matrix. She's mm-hmm. another one. Oh yeah, me, she makes me go nuts. Yeah, very uh, very goth. Lori Petty in Point Break, although not it's, that's a surfing movie. It's not very goth, but if you look at her look with the short black hair and the I mean. Dark eye makeup and stuff. I'm like, okay. So, mm-hmm. and the, and the, and the, when I go to like the flashback horror convention, I'm always like, ooh, look at the goth girls. They make me happy. <laughs> they do. I like, <sighs> I like them. Um, but yeah, and so the, so the female Cenobite in the original, you know, the, of, of the original Cenobites, not the new ones, she mm-hmm. was always like, I always thought she was like really sexy. So. <laughs>
1: You wouldn't mind getting your skin ached off.
2: Are you kidding? I would let her hook into me and rip my skin apart. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. Uh oh. Oh,
1: God.
3: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
2: Oh, she's dressed up like the female Cenobite just for me. Hi, I'm
1: Carrie Russell. I mean, of course. I love Nick's show.
2: Hi, Carrie.
1: She listens.
2: She does. I think she might have gotten a little jealous. (laughs) I was talking a little bit about the female Cenobite a little bit.
1: Too right, much. so she's like, "Well, I will
2: be one then." She'll be one. Okay, that thank was really you.
1: quick to she, get the yeah. outfit.
2: Yeah, she got it. I mean, I, I think she uh, she has a whole wardrobe now out on the back porch. Of- right. <laughs>
1: I well, I mean, to think that she already has an outfit similar to yeah. be a Cenobite. Yeah. Like yeah. right on hand. Well, you know who else <laughs> likes Cenobites? Who's that? <gasps>
2: See, he likes them, too.
1: Yeah, I could I could see that. Death will live
2: forever, too. There you go. All I right. mean,
1: you know, he's got to stay out of the sun. Goth, yeah, he, girls, it, stay goth, out, goth girls stay out of the out sun. Goth girls stay out of the sun. They're <laughs>
2: very pale. Most of them are very pale in their complexion. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I saw the craft just a, a few weeks ago back on the big screen, 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. the, the music box. And it just rekindled my love for Ruzabalk. For I mean... She, I just think she's, she's so cool in that movie and so sexy. I don't know. I just, I don't know. And you but met I, one of them, didn't you? I met two of them. I met uh, Nev Campbell. Oh, you met
1: two of them. Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, Rachel True. Um, nice. Rachel True, by the way, said that I was the best interviewer that she ever uh, had the the best interview that she ever did and I was like okay I'll take that look at you and then Nev Campbell I ended up like talking to her mostly about party five (laughs) you know she was at the flashback convention to talk about the craft and scream and they did a scream reunion and a craft reunion you know at that Mm -hmm. because Skeet Ulrich was there too so I met Skeet Ulrich she's also in the craft
1: oh but Faruza didn't make it Faruza
2: did no she did not oh I know and she's my and and uh yeah and neither did Robin Tony and she's from Chicago and Robin Tony wasn't there either Never met That's her. Bummer. The, I've, got, I've met two of the four ladies from The Craft, but I've not met Robin Tunney or Feruza Balk. Yeah. Uh, my friend Mike View, an actor buddy of mine, hung out with Robin Tunney for a while
1: because oh.
2: he was in a few episodes of Prison Break. Um, You remember Prison Break, the Fox show Prison mm-hmm. Break? He was yeah, in there. they
1: filmed he, it in Joliet.
2: He, yeah, absolutely. And my buddy, my buddy Mike was in about, he was in, I don't know, four or five episodes of it, and Robin Tunney... Uh, who was a regular on that show had some had 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 a couple of scenes with him, and they uh, used to smoke together during breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: hey. And he said
2: she was fantastic. He said she was really. Any cool. way
1: to get. Uh, yeah, to a little bonding with the That's actors, right. right? That's right.
2: Yeah, no, it was funny because like when I when I actually you spoke to Nev Campbell, I was like, so I was asking her all kinds of questions about Party Five. She's like, you're not going to ask me anything about. You know, I talked to her about The Craft because it was my favorite. I didn't mention Scream mm-hmm. once. I was like, yeah, Party 5. Anyway, so tell me about, you know, I was talking about specific episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so she just thought I was a complete dork. Um, so anyway. Um, but, but, you know, uh, to get back to, I wanted to, to talk, you know, uh, as, our, as our sort of Halloween spooktacular closer, um, I wanted to actually talk about movies that were okay for people who don't like horror movies hmm Because that's always fun. You know, you want to you have some, because, you know, like, you're not into, like, like we talked about Suspiria. Oh, you don't want to see people getting, a woman getting ripped apart with barbed wire. You don't want to see, oh, you know, no. like, chainsaws going through people's heads. You're not into that kind
1: but of But you shit. still want some little Halloween fun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I, I found this article uh, on um, Mental Floss, of course, which is one of the greatest magazines and websites ever. And did you get a chance to look at this? These are these are Halloween movies for for people who don't like the heavy, hard horror shit. So, Mm -hmm. what? what, Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, some of those. Now, I don't know the first one, Halloween Town. I've heard of it. Um, I don't
1: know it either. I mean, it's a Disney movie,
2: right? And it was like a Disney, pretty uh, Disney Channel thing. Yeah. Okay,
1: that's going to be pretty tame because it's Disney. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and it, they say that Debbie Reynolds was in it, and what Bette Midler was to Hocus Pocus, Debbie Reynolds is to Halloween Town. Oh, so and I'm a huge Debbie Reynolds fan. Um, oh, so, there you go. So if you're if you're so, but Halloween Town, not one that you watched. That was you were you know. No, there some of those Nickelodeon things that was in your wheelhouse when you were younger, but this one wasn't. This was like you were an adult by the time this thing came out.
1: Right. Yeah. Also, you had to pay for Disney. You had to pay for the Disney Channel, which we weren't doing. <laughs> right, <laughs> we weren't gonna do that. No. <laughs> what did you did you have cable at all when you were growing yeah.
2: up? You did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you didn't you just didn't pay for Disney.
1: No, we just had basic cable. Oh, the basic cable. Okay. Yeah. Which explains Disney why you watched all, all the premium. Comedy Central, which is why you watched exactly, all the <laughs> <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> Oh man! So no HBO, none of that stuff. It was your basic. Camera. No, uh, my brother did have one of those boxes that stole sure. premium channels, but I yeah. couldn't always watch it. You know, right. it was in his room. <laughs> gotcha. Okay.
2: All right. Well, so Halloween Town—that's one. Now, what do you what, in looking in overlooking this list? um uh, because we wanted to we wanted to make sure that everybody had some fun on Halloween not people like me who just like to watch heads get part you know ripped apart and Cinnabites hooking right. people and killing them Whoa. in chainsaws yeah, and yeah. shit um, yeah. everybody should have fun on Halloween by watching some stuff that might be kind of scary what, what what did you see on this list that you thought was kind of fun that people would dig
1: well they named a couple uh that they didn't put on the list but oh. i would definitely be like yeah those are great um, so like Beetlejuice and The Addams Family, like those are fun, spooky movies.
2: Yeah. Now let's be specific because The Addams Family now, they've had two animated ones now.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so this is the the original from the early 90s with yeah. Raul Julia and Angelica A- A- Houston. Angelica
2: Houston and Christina Ricci mm-hmm. uh, and Christopher Lloyd. Um, and um, I love both of them. Um, I think they're both great, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. But Adam's mm-hmm. Family Values, to me, is a perfect movie. It's one, I, 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 I love the second one. Do you remember what happens in the second one, Esmeralda?
1: Is that the one where, um, what's his face, marries?
2: Yeah, Joan Cusack. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's the one where uh, Pugsley and Wednesday go to summer camp. <laughs> it's right. Best, it's the best shit ever. It's so yes. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so yeah, that one. Adam's Family. Written, Paul Rudnick wrote the second one. He, he's a great uh, uh, playwright. Mm-hmm. He's written a lot of really funny stuff. He also wrote In and Out, the Kevin Kline movie where he's the teacher. Oh, another juicy part there for Joe good. Cusack. Another great part for Joe Cusack. Um, but he wrote In and Out, which is also one of my favorite comedies ever. Um, I love In and Out. Uh, you've you've seen it.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
2: I. That's another one of those movies that I think is like, just perfect. Like it's like ninety minutes long, and the setup is great. It's so good. Tom Selleck's good in it. That's how goddamn good that movie is. <laughs> Even Tom Selleck is good.
3: <laughs> Before
2: he started fucking around with people's retirement funds. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the so the two Adams family and you mentioned Beetlejuice. I mean that's that's a classic, right?
1: Yeah. Completely spooky and fun and. Uh, very Halloween.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you something. If I were younger, I would have been in love with uh, Winona Ryder's character in that movie.
1: You know why? Oh yeah, goth. Because she's a goth girl. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Completely goth. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep.
2: Yeah. No. Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice is great, and they keep threatening to make a sequel. They keep talking about it. Tim Burton. Yeah. Talks about...
1: They keep doing it. It's yeah. kind of. Where mean, would you stand? Honestly. Where would you stand on
2: that? On a sequel.
1: It would well. It would depend on the story. Cause I would I would want a true sequel. I wouldn't want like oh it's a remake. Yeah. Um, but I would be into it. I would be interested to see what they would come up with. I mean, after Beetlejuice came out, they had an animated series they where. Did. Like Lydia and Beetlejuice team up and they're best of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now they've had so much more. They've had a Broadway musical.
2: They did. And the Broadway musical evidently have friends who've seen it who say it's really good. I, yeah. I'd have to see it for myself. I don't want to, you know, like I'm like, I don't know if I need that in my life. You know, um,
1: right? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of good with the movie, but you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean,
2: it would you know, it's not like no, well, you know, Alec Baldwin's had some issues over the <laughs> over the
1: past year, right? I don't know if he could come back. Gina Davis, she's around. Well, it'd be it'd be weird because they've aged, right? And ghosts—they're not don't supposed age. to age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there'd have to be new ghosts.
3: Like it yeah, would be it a whole have to new be, adventure.
1: Yeah. The 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 sequel bit might have to just be. Michael Keaton in a new uh, home. It, yes, exactly. Yeah, new yeah. adventure.
2: God, but boy, oh boy, oh boy! But man, no Catherine O'Hara. Oh my God, I can't
3: imagine yeah. without
2: Catherine. Well, because O'Hara. think
1: about it. Like they, they eradicated him, and they sent him back. Yeah, he's in um, the waiting
2: room, and they shrink his. Exactly, exactly. So the shrunken head guy
1: shrinks. His head down. I doubt he would go back to that family to like mess around. With right, him. I doubt it. Yeah, well, so he's to find sure a new they, family, but, a but new but they adventure. Said, the,
2: the only thing is, Michael Keaton said he's in. He's on board, and Tim Burton did, which gives me uh, great hope. You know what I mean? Like those two guys yeah. are involved. I'm like, okay, um, all right. So I anyway. would love to see it. Me too. All right, I'm waiting for it. As long as those guys are involved, cool. All right, now how about this one? They mention the movie "What We Do in the Shadows."
1: Great movie. I oh. wouldn't. I mean, I guess it's Halloweeny because it's vampires. Well, it's vampires, and all. It's about
2: vampire and the and the scene yeah. with the were, and the scene with the werewolves is just right. maybe One of the funniest scenes ever in the history of all things.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is a great the the movie and the TV show are fantastic.
2: Absolutely, I. I actually like the TV series more than the movie. I know that that's. I think that's kind of sacrilegious for people to say.
1: Well, because they fleshed it out a little more.
2: They do when they brought in a woman. There's no. There's yeah. like no. You know, and the and the woman that they brought in uh, is unbelievable. Naja is un. She's my favorite part of the show. Her and the little Naja doll. Come on, man. Would could, you
1: would you I, also consider her? Yes. Off? Yes, I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I have a major thing for her. A oh, major thing for her. Yeah. She's goth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so if you've not seen uh what we do in the shadows, it's a mockumentary. It's a documentary mm-hmm. about vampires. And yeah. uh, Taika Watiti and uh Jermaine Clement put it together. Um and then it spun off into this FX series which is brilliantly funny and uh just wrapped up their season a few weeks ago and um, been renewed for two more. Nice. So, which is great. I saw so some
1: great. clip on YouTube of A like original version of what we do in the shadows, like the movie where they, it's just them kind of filming some stuff. Yeah, like short film type of deal. It looks so, it's so like B movie low rent Uh, because you know they're just messing around and like yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's
2: funny because if you watch the movie and the and the movie, you know had a had an okay budget, but the TV series is much more. You know, there's a lot more CGI. There's all kinds of crazy effects. Oh yeah. Uh, In every, you know, and it's completely different. It just has a much more like the 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 movie itself, the 2014 mockumentary, has a much more down and dirty feel to it, Uh, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I think more people uh, uh, have a tendency to like for some reason. I don't know. All right. What about Young Frankenstein,
1: Esmeralda? Love, love, love Young Frankenstein.
2: Do you have favorite things?
1: oh, Oh, my favorite bit. In the entire movie, is when Igor is walking through, um, the thing, or no, 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 it's um, so it's uh, what's her face, Terry Gar, Terry Gar, yes, Terry yeah. Gar and Gene Wilder are walking through, and they get freaked out by Igor because he's just he's on his head on a shelf right. and he starts singing. <laughs> yeah. um, but my favorite part is when I forget what they're saying to him, but he's just like, I had a hunch boom. chi," and then he just points at his hump.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a, there's kills a, me every uh, time, but there's so many corny bits in it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, uh, that are so funny. The whole roll in the hay, 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 roll in the hay, that whole thing. Um, my, my, you know what my favorite moment is in the entire movie? Mm. And again, Young Frankenstein. You can watch it; it's fun, great, and a wonderful, loving tribute to those James Whale movies of Frankenstein, especially Bride of Frankenstein. A mm-hmm. really lovely tribute. To the point, I don't know if you know this or not, Esmeralda, but the you know the the equipment that's used in the laboratory with the mm-hmm. you know the lightning bolts and all that stuff that was the equipment that was used in the original Frankenstein movies.
1: Oh, fun. Yeah.
2: And it was like, they, Universal said, yeah, go ahead and use it. They gave it to Mel Brooks to use. So those are the real instruments that were used in those classic movies.
1: Oh, wow. Which well, is that's, really... That's neat. It's
2: so cool. But my favorite moment in the entire movie is uh, when, <laughs> Peter, when Peter Boyle starts strangling um, Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to tell them to give him a sedative. When he's, when, and they're playing charades. Remember? <laughs> yeah, and they get, and at one point and at one point they uh, they they guess sedative sedative, and then finally <laughs> they say sedative, and then after they give them the sedative, there's a long break, and, and, and Gene Wilder just goes
0: sedative.
2: Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my, that's my favorite moment in the entire movie. But yeah, that's a classic. Nice. Yeah. Classic. And you know what, Azrael, what's crazy about it? Mm. Mal Brooks, the same year, 1974, the same year, four months apart, released Blazing Saddles. The same year.
1: Nice. (laughs) Two of the greatest. Wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Two of the greatest comedies, classic comedies of all time. Six months apart, I think. Five months apart, (laughs) the same year. That's a good year. Oh man, what what else on the what else in this article uh, spoke to you? Like uh, Halloween movies that are good for people who don't like the scary shit.
1: Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show.
2: Yeah, they're doing. I
1: that. love that movie. Do you?
2: What was it? When do Okay, tell me about the first time you saw it. Did you see it in the theater with a bunch of people in 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 costume doing the whole thing? Or
1: I have, but I had seen it before then. Okay. What uh, what was
2: your your first time seeing? I'm always interested. In the first time people saw Rocky Horror.
1: I for- I forget where we went. It might have been at the Century. They were doing, uh, the they were doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the, the Music Box, the by the way. The Music
2: Box is doing it this weekend. They're showing it three times. Yes. This weekend.
1: Although the Century had a bunch of rules and we couldn't do too much, like throwing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> they like no gave toilet you a paper. Kit. Yeah. yeah they oh, gave they gave you a,
2: gave you a the, kit to use. Oh, I see. They did the safe route, right? They did. Uh, right. You
1: know, well, they didn't yeah, want to ruin their theater, and at sure. the time, they were a little more high end, high end. Yeah. Like they were still night, nice, like ooh, the nice theater, Something the landmark <laughs> century, exactly. Center. Because
2: they place they place they they, they spell center c t r r e R E. Centre. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's all that means it's fancy. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, of course.
2: <laughs> so, so that was the first time you saw it. Was you did a group? You went with a group or?
1: That was the first time I saw it in the theater. Okay. Um, I had seen it. Uh, VH1 used to play it pretty much every Halloween. <laughs> of course you saw it on VH1. <laughs> <laughs> um, So that might be where I saw it first, yeah. I guess. I don't remember exactly, but I would then see it on Halloween. Like they would play it every Halloween. So then it was like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta watch Rocky Horror. So you saw it it a little bit of a tradition
2: for me. You saw it at the Century Mm -hmm. under Watchful Eye. Have you ever seen it full on with the regulars, with the people performing the entire movie in costume? Have you ever gone to like to see it for real? Yeah. No, that was that. Yeah. Um, here's a quick story. I saw. uh, I'm old enough to have seen Rocky Horror when it first came out, like before it Mm -hmm. became a midnight show. And I saw it, if I remember correctly, I saw it at the Norwich Theater. Norwich Theater. And I thought it was terrible. I was like 11 or <laughs> something. And my uncle took me to see it. And we, we were like, what the fuck is this? You know, we, I, I thought it was awful. I thought it was going to be a horror movie. And it wasn't. And I didn't know what the hell to make of it. And then about four years later is when it became the midnight thing to do at the Biograph Theater on Lincoln Avenue. Every mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday at the Biograph uh, starting in the late '70s through the '80s, every Friday and Saturday night, it was packed. It was the thing to do—the Midnight Show at the Biograph on Lincoln. Uh, and so when it started to 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 you know become sort of this cult thing, I went to see it again, mm-hmm. and and I was like, oh, I still don't like the movie, but this is fun, <laughs> you know. Like, and I watched everybody having a great time, and it was this really wonderful, really cool thing. And it became, like, I'm not a fan of the movie, but I am, um, I am thrilled that it exists, and it became mm-hmm. this, this safe haven for people, uh, especially, you know, in the gay community. Um, oh, yeah. At a time when it wasn't safe. It's still not completely safe, but what I'm saying was, yeah. even back, back then, it was even worse for that community than it is now. And there was this time when there, there were people who all week long would be at their jobs and have to put up with shit or be at school and have to put up with shit because they were either gay or they were outcasts. And there was this four hours a weekend, two hours on a Friday and two hours on a Saturday, when they were the shit. You know what I mean? Like they were, mm-hmm. it was yeah. their place to cut loose. It was their wonderful and I loved being a part of that. You know what I mean? Like observing that. I'm like, man, this is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I don't like this movie very much, but I am so glad, all, <laughs> but I'm so glad that all of these people have this wonderful place where they're fucking rock stars. You know what I mean? It, it, it's at, at a time when for the rest of the week they're bummed out or they're outcasts or they're picked on. Mm-hmm. For, that, for those few hours on a Friday and Saturday night, they were goddamn rock stars. And I love that. Still not crazy about the movie, but I but I love that.
1: <laughs> I and, mean, it's not like the best movie. It's not in terms but, of of like story. But
2: lines. but to see if you've never seen it, like like at the music box, they go full out. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. comes in costume. It's fantastic. If you've never seen it, uh, in that in that regard, it's it's amazing, and it's and and uh, it just makes me happy. You know, like and and when I went, I was like, okay, this is not my scene, but I'm glad it exists, and I love it. And then I remember they did a re-release of it like in 1982. hmm And they were like, hey, midnight show, and it'll be at malls and shit across the country. So they tried to like popularize it. And I remember I went, right. with, a, I went with a group of me and a bunch of my idiot straight high school buddies. hmm And we went to the Norwich, again, oddly enough, to see it, which is not a place where you go where you expect, you know, an alternative community to hang out. It's the fucking Norwich. <laughs> Um, and it was me and a bunch of other 16, 17 year old white guys, straight guys. And we went in and the only reason my friends, cause I, had, I was, they were like, Hey, you saw it. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's great. And so we're like, yeah, we'll go. And, and then they were all excited. Cause they were like, Oh, we get to throw shit. And I'm like, yes, we get to. <laughs> ever get never good to see movies and throw shit. That's exactly. <laughs> this is Esmeralda. This is what I'm talking about. this, oh, this was the, the level of fucking intelligence that I was dealing with. And they're like, "Yo, we get to throw shit." And I'm like, "Yes, yes." And they, like, "Well, what, what, what do we get to throw?" And I'm like, "Well, you, there's a part in the movie where people throw toilet paper." I said, "There's a part where they squirt water, uh, you know, in the air. Uh, spoons oh, are falling." They've been losing their
1: minds. And they were
2: like, "Yeah," you know, they're all like, "Yeah," fucking football players, straight dickhead, you know, kind of white suburban you know, mall hanging out early eighties morons. Um So we go and, uh and there were a few of the regulars there. Like they came out and they stood in front of the screen. They were like, hi, welcome. And they were in somewhere in, in costume and somewhere. And, and, mm-hmm. but predominantly the theater was about three quarters full of fucking morons, full of straight <laughs> 17 <laughs> yeah. to 22 year old morons and i remember a couple of idiots that i went with cuz i went with like 8 or 9 people and some of them weren't even my friends they were just morons that went and we all went yeah. and some one somebody one of the people that were in our group went into the men's room and kicked out the kicked open the 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 toilet paper dispensers and busted out a whole bunch of toilet paper so they could whip it and they were dumping water on girls and kicking seats and throwing shit and i left like after a half an hour i'm like i can't and i just i kept i kept like, I'm like, I, this is not what this is supposed to be, you fucking idiots. Right. And, yeah. and this is, and I, and I just kept thinking to myself, this is not for us. This is not straight meant for Straight people ruin everything. They fucking ruin everything. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I was like, you know, and I felt like I was like, man, this, and the people, and the regulars, they left. Like, the people who were in costume, they're like, fuck this. Because it was a bunch of, you know, white, straight, suburban jagoffs throwing toilet paper kicking seats and thrum- throwing water. And yeah. they thought that was cool, and I left. Me and one other guy, my, my my friend Bob, were like, "Fuck this," and we left. And uh, and and it, to me, it was like this incredible experience of like seeing how we take shit and ruin it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this, there's this really, mm-hmm. lo- there's this really lovely <laughs> thing that was happening every weekend at the Biograph, and leave it to a bunch of straight assholes to fuck that all up. <laughs> That's, yeah,
1: sounds about right. Oh my god! So yeah, uh, so
2: that was the most unpleasant experience I've ever had seeing that movie. Was that and and, 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 yeah. and again, I lasted thirty five forty minutes, and I'm like, I gotta get out because it. it wasn't even like because you, there are moments in the movie where you're supposed to do those things like throw the toilet paper. They were just like right. the movie. As soon as the lights went down, they're like, yeah, kicking seats. They started whipping shit. Like I'm like, what Jesus. the? Fuck? It was awful.
1: So, anyway.
2: hey, where do you stand? Where do you stand on Little Shop of Horrors, the the nineteen eighty
1: six? I don't mind it. I I never got, I never really got into it. I'm not the biggest musical fan. Like Rocky mm -hmm. Horror is a bit of an exception, but other than that, I don't really like musicals. Okay.
2: Um, I do. I
1: mean, I don't mind little shop of horrors. I like it.
2: I, I love that movie. I love it. Um, the original is fun. You know, the original Roger Corman, low budget thing Mm -hmm. is fun. You know, like shot in two days or whatever. Um, but i I love the musical it's in fact one of my favorite movie musicals of all time um and i really i'm a I'm a huge fan i I actually hosted a, a screening of it at one of my uh film clubs, and we did the whole uh director's cut ending where it ends mm-hmm. with the with the plants like devouring and killing the world- The world ends at the end <laughs> the, <laughs> like the plant- the plants get so big a whole bunch of plants get so big they get godzilla like and they just start destroying cities <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't Um, expect anything less from plants. Right. right. Once they Um, get that kind of power, (laughs) and
2: and, it's—I mean, I'm a huge fan of the of of the movie, a a really big fan. And I and I will say this: my favorite, one of my favorite musical numbers and songs in movie music history, is is in um, Little Shop of Horrors, and that's Suddenly Seymour. Mm -hmm. It's my—it's one of my favorite songs in musical theater history, and it's one of my favorite scenes in any musical ever is uh the suddenly seymour musical number in a little shop yeah beautiful
1: and they've made that that's also now a musical like a uh, broadway
2: yeah no well it started out that way that's that's the movie the the movie was based on the uh uh, uh was based on the because it became a musical uh first. Ah, okay so it was based on the broadway musical first but yeah it's terrific it's terrific um all right what what else you got any other ones in here how about scooby-doo from 2002
1: i've never seen it it's really i don't really see that as spooky but okay i mean i get it because they're like finding uh mysteries well
2: yeah i mean because it's scooby-doo and it's always i used to love it when i was a little kid Mm -hmm. because it was ghosts and shit but it was always you know how it was it was the neighbor who had
1: the mask on you know what i mean right
2: what did they say? Meddling yes. kids, right? You meddling
1: kids. Yep. If it wasn't for the meddling kids, did
2: you ever watch Scooby Doo when you were younger?
1: Um, not
2: really. No. So you don't have an opinion on Scrappy Doo? No.
1: <laughs> I remember when that came out. When it yeah. was, um, when because it was, yeah, it was newer. I want to say, did would it come out nineties or
2: no? It was it was eighties, early eighties. 80s. Oh, but, it was eighties. Okay, yeah, but I mean the the, the backlash against Scrappy Doo.
1: I mean, it, he seemed like a
2: little shithead. He's a dickhead. He's a little dickhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He's a shithead. Esmeralda is what he is.
1: He seemed but, pretty like, but you know, kind of a like he seemed like he was above everybody. It's like, oh okay, yeah. Scrappy Doo. <laughs> well, it was one of those things, and you know this.
2: This is a trope uh, that we can that we can talk about here. Whenever they bring the cute kid in, you know that a series is in trouble.
1: Yes. And I'm thinking, but was he a kid?
2: Yeah, he was like little Scrappy Doo. He was like a little puppy, as oh, opposed I to Scooby Doo, he Scooby-Doo.
1: was just a small dog.
2: <laughs> but he was younger than Sco- than Scooby. They brought in like the okay. he's like a he's like a mini version of Scooby.
1: And he was I a thought little... he was just little. I didn't know he I, was like he was I, I didn't younger. know he was like sm- like younger. I thought he was just small. Yeah, because no. He, he seemed was, quite adult.
2: <laughs> well, he was a little fucker, is what he was. But, yeah. but like when they bring in, like, like for instance, like, uh, uh, like Love Boat, they brought in Julie's little cousin or whatever, Jill Whalen. She came mm-hmm. in. Uh, uh, cousin Oliver, remember when they brought Cousin mm-hmm. Oliver in on the Brady yeah. Bunch? Yeah. yeah, that's always a bad sign when you bring in like the cute little kid. You know, even they
1: did it on Goddamn Married with Children. They brought in oh, a cute God, kid yeah. on Married
2: with Children. I mean,
1: what are you doing? Yeah, Maiden, yeah, didn't like it.
2: Now, here's one that I love. Where do you and speaking of mm-hmm. Tim Tim Burton? Do you do you mm-hmm. like Corpse Bride?
1: I don't think I've seen it all the way through. Oh,
2: you got to see it. It's so good. It's so so good. Um, yeah, Corpse Bride I think is fantastic. Um, I like it more. I actually like it more than Nightmare Before Christmas. And I love Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas, but I like it more. Um, and in that same regard, have you seen Coraline? I have seen Coraline.
1: Love it. Uh, I'm amazed that's not on the list.
2: Yeah, I'm, me too. And I'm also amazed Paranorman's not on there, from the same company. Yeah, Paranorman, amazing. Um, and I think those both should be on this list. I think Paranorman and and and, uh, and Coraline are fantastic, creepy, wonderful Halloween movies that will not mm-hmm. completely freak you out.
1: Oh, I also love uh, Death Becomes Her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that movie. Yeah, it's 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 Robert
2: Zemeckis, so of course I love it. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's Robert Zemeckis. But yeah, it's there's so I haven't ridiculous. seen it. I haven't seen it in a long time. That's one of those Zemeckis movies that I've not watched as much as others. Zemeckis, like you know, I, I've seen most Robert Zemeckis movies. But like the last night I was watching Forrest Gump again. It was on cable, and I've oh, seen wow. Forrest, I've seen Forrest Gump eight million times. And I how still long
1: it. did that take? <laughs> What?
2: For what? To watch
1: it? And that movie's so long. It's a and long then, movie. but you I... watch it on TV.
2: Well, it was or on cable. cable. It's not... There were no commercials. Oh, it was okay. On...
1: Well, still, long um, as hell.
2: Yeah, but I love that movie. And I, and I, t- I flipped it on. It was, there, were still, there was only about an hour left. And I only watched the mm. little bit. But it's one of those movies I've seen a million times. Um, but other Zemeckis movies that I have not seen multiple times. Death Becomes Her is one of them. Uh, I've only seen it a, a, a couple of times.
1: It's so good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, okay. Uh, uh, One more here. I, why is Witches of Eastwick on this list?
1: I mean, that movie is pretty spooky. Yeah. It's actually quite spooky considering it's for children. It's not for the, children. The Witches. witches
2: of, is... The Witches of Eastwick.
1: Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I, was that's thinking, the Jack I thought Nicholson, you talking about Michelle. the Witches.
2: Oh, no, no, that's supposed to be for kids, and that's awesome. <laughs> I love that movie.
1: Speaking of Zemeckis. That, remi- I don't understand how that's for children.
2: <laughs> by the way, Zemeckis remade that movie uh, last year. With Anne. Uh, Hathaway. yeah, yeah, yeah. With Anne Hathaway, and it's terrific. Um, but no, Witches of Eastwick is on this list. The Jack I guess Nicholson.
1: They're witches, I guess.
2: But it's a fucked up movie. <laughs> that's George Miller. That's that's Fury Roadman. Michelle Pfeiffer's share. Yeah. Susan Sarandon. <clears throat> there's a there's a long sequence where a woman vomits cherry pits for about an hour. Nice. I mean, like vomits, like, and I'm like, <laughs> why is the, how is this on the list? It's disgust. That scene is
1: absolutely repulsive is she hitting anyone with them
2: um no but
1: she like dies and kind of fun- it's like Rrr! it's like the- it goes on forever i'm like what well i don't know how it teaches i have no- you don't eat the cherry pits i guess that's what not it is, good yeah. for you
2: i guess that's what it is
1: You'll oh vomit it for an hour by the way uh i do have a megaphone
2: message Esmeralda, that we have to play before we get Ooh, out of here yes 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 okay are you ready Mm-hmm. And again, here's the deal. If you want me to record a message that I can play through my magic, crazy megaphone, and we keep getting, we, we get requests every week, Esmeralda. Every, nice. I love every it. Every episode. Waukegan J, mm-hmm. with no explanation, said, this is the message I want you to record. Now, I don't know why he sure. wanted me to record it, but I just recorded what he wanted me to record. So here you know, it is. No, it's
1: for him. It's for him to know. And
2: for <laughs> us to try and analyze, yeah. I guess. Well, Keegan J., here is your megaphone message that I recorded for you. Here we go. Attention, employees. We need a price check on chickolets. A price check on chickolets. Chickolets. At register nine. Attention, employees. So, we need a price check on chickolets. I don't know. Um, That's not Chickolets. At register nine. So... Attention, employees. Okay, so...
1: We need a price did, he, on did he say specifically he, chickolets?
2: On chickolets? Yes, this is... Chickolets. And register nine.
1: Because oh, exa- you say it different. You say <laughs> no, it two he, different ways. He
2: gave me the line reading, Esmeralda. He gave so me the line So in the, the first part,
1: reading. he says chickolets. Yes. And then ex- chicklets.
2: I am... I am. Because he, he left a voicemail.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is exactly how he wanted me to say chicolets every time. Here we go. Attention, employees. Price check on chickolets. Price
1: check on chickolets. Chicklits. But you say it different. And register
2: nine. I'm saying it exa- yeah. alright, shut up. I'm saying it exactly how he wanted me to say it. He wanted me to say it different every time. He uh, I, I am I am, I am uh, basically word for word, <laughs> you know, uh, I am I am I'm, I'm doing it the way that he said it on the voicemail. Chickolets, right. chickolitz, chickolitz, uh, varying it all three times.
1: Yeah. That was him. I loved Chiclets. Do you?
2: (laughs) I haven't had Chiclets in a long time. You know why?
1: Because it makes you it makes you think that you're getting way more value than you than you paid for. Right. (laughs) Especially if it comes in the machine, because then it just like a pile of them comes out.
2: Right. Right. And then they're gone in 30 seconds.
1: Oh yeah. No. But I I
2: I do love the fact that he waited until the very last minute to find out what uh, register. Like he mm-hmm, adds at the very mm-hmm. end, register nine. It's so. quite a story. It is, it is. <laughs> so maybe sometime we'll find out why he wanted me to say chickolits, chickolits, and chickolits. I don't know why. Yeah, don't know why. So that's all, walking we'll out. If you would like a special message that makes no sense into the megaphone, <laughs> just leave us leave us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. Voicemail seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight four. Any messages that you uh, have. Um and Esmeralda have a blast in uh, Iceland. Oh, thank you. And uh and I can't wait to hear what happened. I mean, the next time we talk a week from uh, today, with the next time we talk, uh I all I want to hear is about what happened in Iceland and about the wedding and all the all the cool stuff. Will do. Cool. Also, uh, Esmeralda <laughs> will be live with me and uh, a bunch of other fun things. On uh, Tuesday, November 15th at 7.30, Zanies and Rosemont, 847-813-0484, rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. Uh, On the next episode, it's a For the People episode. Our car guy, Tom Appel, and our consumer guy, Herb Weisbaum, will join us to answer any and all of your questions. Again, if you want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast, voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com, and you can uh, sponsor us or be a part of the advertising uh, world Sales at Radio Misfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform. My thanks to Jason Skaggs and to Esmeralda. And uh, Esmeralda, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Have a safe and lovely journey, okay?
1: Oh, thank you.
2: Cool. All right. And we will talk to you uh, next time right here on the Nick D Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
0: The wind is right on me.